Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hi, thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. My name's Bethany Moore, and I'm your host. I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I am interviewing an NCIA member from the company Work, W-U-R-K, and it's got an umlau over that you if you're into foreign language. So Rebecca Berry is an account executive with Work, and Work provides payroll and HR solutions for the cannabis industry. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you, Bethany. I'm really excited to be here and happy to discuss what we do and some information on the industry. Fantastic. So before we do that, let's let's learn about you. Tell me about your background and what it is you were doing prior to getting involved in the fast-growing cannabis industry and movement. Absolutely. And it's actually kind of funny because my my previous life really aligns well with what we do currently at work and with the cannabis industry. So I was in the restaurant industry for quite some time and stepped into the payroll, payroll, more of an HR and onboarding scheduling solution with a company called Hot Schedules. And where it really aligns with what I'm doing today is the advocacy along with the legislation that was going on across the Northwest, the New York market, in regards to fair work week and predictive scheduling. So a lot of compliance, a lot of HR challenges, employee and employer engagement. And that led me basically down the path to work. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I'm familiar with that platform, Hot Schedules, for those that work in the cannabis industry. And yeah, restaurant industry work is is wild. There's a lot of moving parts and moving pieces. Um, so that kind of technology and platform, I'm sure, was a game changer for for the restaurant industry that probably used to have just a paper chart hung up on a clipboard in the break room with schedules, and now it's so much more sophisticated. That's really, really cool and really interesting. So what is it that got you involved in cannabis or interested? Some people have, you know, a personal story or some passion for it. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a native of Boulder, Colorado. So cannabis has been in my life for quite some time. And since we legalized it here locally as well, it's always been something that's been intriguing and kind of the battle of the pros and cons of it as it has grown and let, you know, gone through legislation. But I really stepped more into it after I had a personal experience with somebody very close to me who had passed away from an opiate addiction. Oh, and I'm so sorry. Very shocking to friends and family, and had been in recovery for 17 years. So, you know, when I took a look at this opportunity to come with work, it wasn't just about the growing business and that it's booming right now. It was, can we take a moment to really have this take over how 
we medicate with opiates and save many lives and you know we try to prevent this from happening to other friends and family so that was a huge piece of it that came into play for me and something i think about on a daily basis when i have conversations with my clients or potential clients is the human factor that goes into this absolutely yeah um it I, I definitely agree cannabis is definitely creating some opportunities um to create alternatives for for people that have opioid addictions or are overusing opioids and uh we we did put out a white paper um in october of 2016 uh, talking about how cannabis is an, an alternative solution um, for the opioid crisis. And if anyone wants to read that, you can go to www.thecannabisindustry.org slash cannabis and opioids. Um, it's a really good resource um, for those that want more information about how cannabis can help uh, actually be an exit drug as opposed to a gateway drug from those who have um, been affected by opioids. Um, so yeah, I'm very sorry to hear about the personal experience as well. Um, so here you are now working with work and uh, you're an account executive. So how long have you been there and what's your day-to-day -day like and, and just more about the company in general? Yeah, absolutely. So I have had a very short tenure so far. I was brought on in August and, you know, I have to say the day-to-day -day is ever-changing. Um, it's very busy, but it's been a huge opportunity for me very quickly and to get involved with organizations such as NCIA and start spreading the word about what we do and just the advocacy within, you know, our industry. But my day-to-day -day really varies from um, engagement inside of our work platform with our, you know, our workaholics together in meetings and, you know, <laughs> strategy sessions, as well as being on the road or conversations with clients. And, you know, it's interesting to hear some of the success stories and then some of the struggles. And that's why we do what we do. I had a call with somebody the other day who just is really struggling through their process of their business. And we don't just have our platform, which I'll dive into shortly. We have a warm partner network. So we may not be able to help somebody at the moment, but there is the opportunity for us to introduce them to different resources. And I think that's what where we align heavily to with NCIA is that resource piece. So again, the day-to-day -day is very different. It's very fast paced. It's fun. Um, there's, but there's a lot of, you know, human factor and connection that goes on every day, which I love. Got it. Yeah. So how big is the company at work? How many people are on the team? So we have roughly a little over 35 people. Uh, we're still growing. We are going to have a huge um, hiring increase come Q1 of 2019, which we're really excited about. We need to have more hands on deck for the growth that the industry is experiencing and ensure that we are giving the best solution and the best support possible. Absolutely. So is a majority of the company based in Colorado, Denver, Boulder? Yeah, Denver. Uh, we have a nice new office. If anybody wants to come by in the Denver area, we are on 22nd and Market. Uh, we just moved actually August 20th was our first day in the new facility. We do have a few remote employees, but mostly we keep everybody in office just for the engagement and growth of what we do. It's just really vital, but it's a fun office to be in. So it's a great place to come by. Great. So obviously, uh, 
a good amount of your clients are based in Colorado, which of course has a mature adult use cannabis market. And of course, we're seeing all these other states pop online here and a few more coming down the road. Michigan is so exciting. Missouri is great. And then things are finally starting to move in Maryland. And, and Nevada is, is embracing <laughs> in their own way the adult use market. I'm, is, is your client base expanding across the United States at this stage? It absolutely is. So with 31 states being legalized in some sort of way, we really have grown our clientele base. Um, I cover, I originally covered the Pacific Northwest, which is my major part of my territory, but we've grown so much that I do cover a piece of the Northeast as well. So there's a lot that goes into our growth and it's exciting to see all of these new states and territories come into play. And, you know, something that's really critical is that we have to be aware of all of the laws that go into that and compliance with each and every state and even counties. So again, we're incredibly busy, which is great keeping businesses open. Oh yeah, absolutely. We have our uh, state policies map resource on our website on the cannabisindustry.org that is one of our most well visited pages on our website. It's really cool. You can click around on each state and get a nice overview of the regulations, um, the licensing structure, um, as well as a little bit of financial data as well about what the predicted financial markets are. So that's a great resource. And that's just skimming the surface of the amount of compliance regulations that have to be paid attention to. So, yep, you have your work cut out for you, no doubt. <laughs> yes, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Um, well, we are about to take a quick commercial break um, to learn more about uh, what work is doing for the cannabis industry workforce. Um, but before we take that commercial break, I'd like to invite our listeners to give me an email. Let me know what you think of the show, what you'd like to hear more of. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, uh, we do require that you're an NCIA member, but please reach out to me and let me know what you like, what you don't like, and what you'd like to hear more of on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. You can shoot me an email at podcast at thecannabisindustry.org. Or if you just want to email me directly, that's fine too. It's bethany at thecannabisindustry.org. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. All right, well, we are going to take that quick commercial break and we'll be right back to hear more from Rebecca Berry, who's the account executive at work. Please stay tuned. We will be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. 
Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing cannabis radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we're chatting with Rebecca Berry from Work, W-U-R-K, providing payroll and HR solutions for the cannabis industry. Um, so we've gotten to know you a little bit. Thank you for telling your story, and uh, I'll be sure to come by your really fun office for a beer later. No, just kidding. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Work as a company launched four years ago, which was just one year after adult use legalization went live in Colorado and Washington. Um, So how did that launch come about at that time as far as the history of why the company was launched? Yeah, that's a great question, Bethany. So Keegan Peterson, who is our founder and CEO, had been in the workforce management space for roughly 10 years and applying technology for better efficiencies to companies like restaurants, large scale, big box. Um, And it just so happened that a couple of Keegan's friends had some businesses within the cannabis industry. And unfortunately, they were having so many problems with mainstream providers, you know, abandoning them, dropping them, or not being able to take them on. So Mm -hmm. it really complicated their financial transactions, paying their employees, and obviously managing taxes as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, kind of on the front line of that activity, he saw the need for the solution around banking, taxes, and compliance for cannabis entrepreneurs, and essentially developed a partnership with Kronos and you know we we just started working really hard on our banking piece of it and figuring out a solution to being able to provide a service that wouldn't drop anybody where we would hold the liability on taxes and be able to really guide and support these entrepreneurs so that they could focus in more on their employee engagement on their customers on development and growth and we've just kicked it off from there. Yeah, I got it. I think most people realize that there's banking uh, restrictions for the cannabis industry, but but many maybe don't realize how far that can trickle down. That can trickle down to uh, benefits for your employees, retirement, 401k companies who don't want to touch cannabis with a 10-foot pole yet. Um, so 
trying to find companies that can um, fulfill all the needs that you need to run your business and have a workforce. Yeah, it's more than just banking. It's more than just the cash heavy problems. It's it's all kinds of other providers that you don't even think about until the, the time comes to sign up your employees for 401k and then you struggle to find a company that will offer that for you. So that's great. And, and the cannabis industry is providing so many opportunities to meet these needs that it's, it's becoming an incredible uh, opportunity for people who want to start a small business or to, to start an ancillary business to support the industry. Fantastic. Very smart move Keegan made there. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the cannabis industry's workforce needs specifically um, and how they might compare or contrast uh, with some other industries. Um, you know, you have some experience from the restaurant industry, which has its own unique flavor of, of needs and conflicts and issues. Is there something that's unique about the cannabis industry as far as our workforce and payroll needs go? Yeah, absolutely there is. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with compliance to start with. You're, we are still, even though state-wise we are legal, depending on which state you're in, federally we're not. So we still have to deal with the Schedule One issue of Revolved around taxes, where that 280E compliance of the Internal Revenue Code um, really challenges our our people, and they have they are getting up to six to seven more times in taxes than their neighboring businesses. Mm -hmm. And this is again because if they aren't compliant on that, they don't they're not able to write off the labor, they're not able to write off certain things. And so, what our challenge is is getting around that red tape. And keeping them compliant along with being a trusted partner and showing them the value of having HR benefits, payroll, onboarding even. So essentially trying to find that good talent, keep it, and then keep the employee through the entire cycle of their career. Uh, we don't see as many you know, hoops to get through in other industries. And you know, compared to the restaurant industry, theirs is more of a black and white labor issue. Uh, where this, we're dealing with a lot of taxation and, again, legal compliance on things like when the IRS comes to audit, that they review video footage to ensure that the written off taxes for 280E are allocated in the proper timeline and they have to have an audit trail and it can be very costly. Mm, sounds tedious and time consuming for sure. Yeah, so Section 280E of the tax code is is kind of what you're referring to, which because cannabis is a Schedule One drug, direct-to-plant companies cannot take these normal business tax deductions like cost of goods sold, things like that. Um, so, and and we just recently saw um, a a court a tax court case with the very well-known Harborside Health based in the Bay Area. Um, they're, they're struggling to balance out their tax write-offs because of this, this law, um, which needs to be amended, which is something NCIA's government relations team works on. Um, so you were um, talking about the specific needs of the cannabis industry. And I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that to even work in a dispensary or a cultivation or processing center, you need what's called an MED badge, or at least that's true here in, in Colorado. You need to qualify for this badge, um, and that's just part of the compliance and regulations that are complicated and unique 
to our industry. Um, so can we talk a little more about that? Like the badges you need just to enter the building and then beyond? Absolutely. Yeah. That, you know, a lot of states do require that badge. Um, and it, again, laws change state to state. Mm-hmm. And with that, we see, you know, a challenge of a, they need to pass a badging process. There's a lot of background checks that go along with that. And not only that, there's a follow through, um, where there's a termination piece to see where people are going so that they can track those badges and locations for compliance. Uh, we overlook things like commercial kitchens where they need to have a serve safe certificate as well. Mm-hmm. And these are kind of afterthoughts at times that you know the government gets on and that we need to ensure that we are supporting the process and that it's done correctly and legally and that we're able to educate these employers on what they need to stay in compliance because it's not just a slap on the wrist. The IRS really cracks down hard on it. So that's a huge piece that stands out from any other industry that we have. Mm, Got it. Um, So does your platform serve um, all types of cannabis businesses, um, you know, ranging from dispensaries, cultivation centers, processing labs, um, are, are they all kind of the same or are there there differences of how workforce is managed within these different aspects of our industry? We can absolutely customize to those specific pieces of the industry. But yes, Bethany, we do cover everything from ancillary to dispensary, plant touching, everything around there. The difference of what we do is with those hourly rates and as we discussed with 280E, um, we are able to have them put in a schedule that will allow them to be plant touching and dispensing. But as you know, to sell cannabis, unfortunately, um, you don't get to write off that expense of the labor. However, we allocate them when they go to the trim room that that labor is able to be written off um, or, and around the 280E compliance. And we pull reporting that will show that. So there's a lot that goes into, again, customization of the industry, but each piece. So any any cannabis facing company we work with staffing companies and you you name it we we work with them if there's cannabis associated we do comply to all of that gotcha yeah i i think i've heard of one way of dealing with some of these labor issues is you know uh, a customer may walk into a dispensary and need to talk to a bud tender for 10 or 15 minutes just to learn about the different types of products and strains and effects and so on. And that's way before the decision of making a purchase happens. And I, I think I've heard that there was, was one way for them to separate the consultation labor from the sales labor. And I thought that was fascinating. And it's also probably extremely frustrating that you have to get down to that detail, to that uh, timing of different parts of a transaction in order to create fairness of of writing off taxes. It's just kind of mind blowing to me, and I hope we get to a point in the future where there's there's less red tape to have to break through. Um, but I, I think that's interesting that there's ways of creating solutions like that by separating out the type of labor you're doing, whether you're actually making a sale or if you're just educating or consulting. Absolutely. And it's a huge challenge. And it's unfortunate that we have to, you know, kind of walk over eggshells to get around this 
these laws, but it's what we have to do to allow our customers to be profitable and successful. So it can be very challenging. Our job is to do the education piece. Yeah, yeah. Well, so more and more states are voting to expand their medical or adult use legalization. And and this whole industry is just going to keep growing and growing uh, and becoming more sophisticated, too. So do you have any predictions? Do you see anything in the future going forward for our industry as it relates to how our workforce and payroll needs could change and evolve yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we will continue to legalize across the board. I, my personal prediction is really within the next three to five years that we will be almost completely federally legal. And at that point, that's a game changer for what we do and you know other industry members as a whole. But in the meantime, you know, with that growth, getting in now is the key piece, whether it's opening up a business, whether it's, you know, becoming a partner to do what we do in the advocacy, but we will never have a moment in time like this ever again. And it's really interesting and exciting right now, but it's definitely going to become a more normal quote unquote industry. I feel as we get into the next five years. Absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited all the time. Um, especially every election year right. um, when, when, people go to the polls and and vote to end prohibition in their communities um it's it's great for sure i'm looking forward to the expansion and seeing where we go and i i I agree we're we're getting we're getting smarter we're getting better we're getting faster (laughs) and we we have an incredible opportunity to create an industry the way we want to create it you're right there's no other time like this and before um, before we expand to the point of being too big, right now it's it's organic. It's um, it's an organic process of the lessons of the plant, the nature of the plant, and it being reflected in how we run our businesses, which includes maybe triple bottom line type of. Um, values for our businesses, not only taking care of our people um, and also getting a profit, but also looking out for the planet and being more sustainable and giving back to the community as well. All these all these ways that cannabis companies can maintain the values of what the cannabis plant means to begin with. So there's, there's it's very exciting and also a lot of work. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You got it. All right. Well, we're going to take uh, one last commercial break, and then we'll come back and wrap up our conversation with Rebecca Berry from work. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. 
now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, we're back on NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. We're talking with Rebecca Berry from Work, and we've been learning more about the workforce in, can- in cannabis and its uniqueness and how it compares to other industries. Um, so, so Work's been a member of NCIA for a while. Uh, you're involved in our events for sure. I've I've seen you all at our regional events, the Cannabis Caucuses, uh, which we will be continuing in 2019. In addition to some new types of events as well, we are picking up a new type of event called Industry Socials. It's kind of like the Cannabis Caucuses, but a little bit more fun, uh, a little bit more upbeat, more more focused on the social networking uh, so there won't be as much federal policy presentation going on but the cannabis caucuses do and we're continuing those as well so we look forward to seeing you at both of those as well um, including our three major conferences those are all continuing in 2019 as well and then of course last but not least everyone's favorite NCIA event is lobby days that's coming up uh, our ninth annual lobby days will be in the spring of 2019 as well um, I believe some members of the work team uh, have participated in lobby days yes they have and you know the feedback that I've had Bethany has been outstanding and it's really interesting to hear that the politicians actually want to be more educated at times and are not taking us as a joke as much as they used to. They're really starting to become more involved. So the feedback has been incredible from Lobby Days. We're incredibly excited to participate again. Um, We just really enjoy trying to make a change. And I know Keegan is very big on being at that event. It's incredibly good for us to really make a stance on our industry and to show the value and the health of it and the human factor, as I keep saying. So we appreciate you guys, you know, doing that with this organization. For sure. Yeah, our government relations team develops relationships with members of Congress year round in Washington, D.C. 
Uh, but we really need our members to show up. And those members of Congress really want to meet you, their constituents. Look you, look you in your eye. They want to hear about your kid's soccer team. They want to know about you as a human being. And that helps empower them to co-sponsor legislation that supports our industry, like securing banking, like fixing the tax code so that we can thrive and actually give back to our communities and our employees instead of paying all to the IRS. Um, so if you're in the cannabis industry and you have not attended lobby days with NCIA in the past, please commit to doing that in 2019. And if you've been in the past, come on back. We get bigger and bigger every year. I love taking our class picture on uh, the, the steps of the Capitol. And it's taking a little bit longer to uh, shepherd everybody every year because we grow so much bigger. Um, but those photographs of proud NCIA member who are running responsible cannabis businesses in our industry, ready to go, ready to storm Capitol Hill. I just love it so much. I hope you can make it one of these days, Rebecca, as well. Um, but the uh, the regional events um, are also coming up in January. So um, we will be um, on the West Coast in January, actually. We'll be in Portland, Oregon. I think you said the Pacific Northwest is um, one area that your work focused on as well. I love Portland. I love Seattle. <laughs> I love that part of the country so much. So we'll be um, we'll be in Portland and Seattle, Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix in January. So please head to our website to register. Yeah, and I will be at the Portland event on January 17th for the Industry Social, which is incredibly exciting. And you know, within my first three to four months here, I was able to attend the Seattle caucus. So the events are so valuable and so important. And they are, as you said, Bethany, a great opportunity to network and educate each other and build partnerships. Uh, I know that we will be at Seed to Sale in February, and we've loved being at that show every year. Um, and we also were in Anaheim and again, the feedback from my team is just outstanding and we're so appreciative of NCIA and the events are top notch and just a great time and a great place to be. Well, thank you, Rebecca. We're glad to have you as a member as well. And yeah, our Seed to Sale show is moving from Denver to Boston, Massachusetts. So we, we're going to be available to all those folks in the Northeast section of the United States uh, will be a little bit closer to them so they can come learn more about the uh, technology and innovations and science in our industry. And right now, voting is open for our industry awards, our industry excellence awards. Uh, so if you're a member of NCIA, please keep an eye out for that link to log in and vote for NCIA members who are going above and beyond, who are demonstrating excellence in a few different categories. So definitely remember to vote in NCI's industry awards. Uh, and the winners will be announced at Seed to Sale show in February in Boston. If you'd like more information about that show, please visit www.seedtosaleshow.com. And I look forward to seeing you, Rebecca, at all these events, and we're going to have a, a heck of a year in 2019. Um, so 
hopefully uh, we all rest over the holiday and are ready to kick it off in January. Thank you, Bethany. I'm really excited to see you and the rest of the team and, you know, to add more traction to our team to these events as well. So we greatly appreciate all that NCI does. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that's it for us today. We've run out of time, but thanks again for tuning into another episode of NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.